This is CliffCentral.com. So I'm standing on the bridge with uh, Captain Forland on the, um, the Crystal Serenity. This is a beautiful ship and this is a beautiful bridge. It's a nice office to have, huh? It's not a bad place to work. It's uh, something that uh, is great if you have a passion for what you do, and, and, and I have that together with most of the crew members on my ship. Now, I believe that you, you had been sailing for a long time, and you'd captained a few vessels, and then you decided to go back to land for a little bit, and, and you decided very quickly that it was much more fun to be at sea. Well, it took me a few years, but uh, yes, I've been around for a long time. This year, I've just celebrated my 40 years as a seafarer. So uh, that's quite a bit, and, and uh, of those 40 years, I've spent 30 years working with passenger ships, uh, seven and a half of those working corporate in our office in Los Angeles, but for the last uh, five-plus years, I've been back at sea as master on the Crystal Serenity, and uh, it's, it, this is a lifestyle that I, that I really love and enjoy, and uh, I was very happy to come back to sea again. I'm sure you must do some very interesting routes, and, and you must have gone to some really incredible places. It's hard to choose, and this is always an awful question to ask, but I've got to ask, there must be a few places that are especially important to you and that are, that are really uh, interesting and maybe a little more challenging, because if you've, if you've spent 40 years at sea, I think there's probably a lot that you have seen and very little that you haven't. That is correct. I, I've pretty much been everywhere. Um, the most challenging to take that first was uh, the two expeditions we did through the Northwest Passage back in 2016 and 17. Those were extraordinary voyages, and uh, I, every cruise I meet people that was on one of those that, that, that uh, uh, confirms that that was the most extraordinary voyage they ever had. But Crystal has great itineraries. We always had. We go all over the world. We rarely repeat uh, a cruise uh, uh, one after the other, uh, which, you know, poses some logistical challenges because we have to ship stuff everywhere over the world. So our freight budget is way above any other cruise line. Um, but it also gives uh, a great interest both for our guests and for our crew and for myself. It, it's always good to be challenged a little bit. And I like to be challenged by going to places that I haven't necessarily been to and, and add one more tick in the box for for places I have been. It's a long list now. Well, tell me about the Northwest Passage, because that does sound really exciting. And I think, I think it's probably one of the most difficult things to, to navigate, right? Well, it, it's, you know, you're going from Alaska to New York City via the northern route. So you're going up there in an in, in area that are, first of all, you have a lot of ice up there, so you have to be really careful. And secondly, the hydrographic data is somewhat limited. But uh, we, uh, before we did the first uh, Northwest Passage cruise in 2016, we spent about four years of planning, 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 planning. And we added the equipment to the ship to, to have a more suited for, for that passage. We also had an escort ship. Uh, we, we, we did everything we possibly could. And um, it's interesting because um, after we had done the first passage, people came up to me and said, Captain, what was your biggest surprise in the Northwest Passage? And I was to think about it. And I said, well, really, there were no surprises because we were so, we had planned everything so well. Everything we, we saw and, and, and did was as expected. So, so if you're going to be successful in going to far, far, far away places that nobody's been, you need to have a plan and you need to plan and you, you can't take anything for granted. Are the, the busiest times here on, on the bridge when we leave port, when we dock again, or, or are there other moments where for example, we went through the Straits of Gibraltar just now. I mean, is that anything noteworthy to you? Is it, is it a, a time where you feel you need to be personally present for every important uh, moment of that event going through there, or are there, are there 
quieter times where you don't have to worry as much? Well, um, my job is, is always to worry. That is my number one job. But, you know, you're right. Uh, going in and out of port is, is where the alert level on the bridge is the highest, and we have the highest uh, watch level and manning. Um, sometimes when we go through areas of the world where there is a lot of shipping, like the Strait of Gibraltar, like the Panama Canal, like Suez, and, and, and sometimes up in, in, in the busy ports of Europe, uh, we elevate our, our watch level and have more people on the bridge. But normally it's pretty smooth cruising. But I, I do drop by here on the bridge um, m- multiple times during the day and evening and just make sure that everything's okay and, and that there's no surprises. And, of course, the guys here have been told that anything, 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 they call me. And they do. So is it true that, for example, that the captain, you don't have a door on your own cabin? I mean, that's, that's what Lorna was telling me earlier. I think she made it up, but is it true? You can tell Lorna it, it, it's, it's, it's closed sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it's open, Lorna. That's really the good did. news. <laughs> yeah, that's I, a good one. That's a good yeah. one. So that's one of those legends that uh, Lorna completely no, no, made the, up in the, her head. The, uh, the, um, you know, we, we all have to sleep, and, and, and uh, with the Maritime Labor Convention, we all have to have rest hours. So if, there is a, if there's a time of the, of that we have to have a, an, an elevated watch level on the bridge for a prolonged period of time, I split that between myself, the vice captain, the chief officer sometimes, so that we all get the required rest hours. It's very important to um, understand that, that, that your fatigue is a very important problem, and you cannot allow yourself to get that, get there. I suppose you'd have to take what anyone driving a car does and multiply it by 2,000-odd people, and then you've got an idea. Well, that is true. You know, there is a tremendous responsibility because basically my job as the master is to make sure that everybody is safe. And, and to make sure that everybody stays safe, even if we have an accident or, or, God forbid, something bad should happen. But there are also, I mean, there are other responsibilities, too, because you're in charge not only of that, you're also in charge of the you, you, the, the entire hotel side of things through the, the hotel director and, and everyone else. So you have to keep an eye on everything. Yes, that is correct. I mean, I'm, I'm the overall in charge of everything, but I have very, very good people working with me on every level. I mean, the hotel director takes care of everything in the hotel, but... Uh, I do keep an eye on them. Same thing with the chief engineer and the technical spaces. Everything running 100%. And the vice captain is in charge of the general upkeep of the ship. But uh, we all meet and, and, and talk multiple times a day. So we have a very, very um, good cooperation. And our, our hierarchy is the pyramid is very flat. But sometimes it has to come up and then sometimes it comes down again. So, so we, we're, we have a, this is a good workplace, very, very good workplace. And, and we work together as a team. And how many staff altogether and under your your direct instruction? Well, I think it's uh, 647 on board right now on the cruise, and we have about a 1,000 passengers, so they should all be taken really, really good care of. Yeah, and it must be quite something to maintain a ship like this. I mean, you've got an enormous area in terms of just all the decks, the outside, the insides. Everything is, is it seems to me, kept in tip-top shape, but it must be a difficult job to do. Day and night, every single day, there's not a day where we don't do maintenance and cleaning, and that goes for all the different departments. You know, the outside upkeep may be uh, a little more challenging because you have the weather elements. You know, if you have rough weather, you can't do much painting, but you can do washing. Uh, in technical spaces, they have things that break, they need to fix, and, and um, they get on it. And the hotel department, there's a constant attention to detail of every single thing in the public spaces, whether it be in cabins or public rooms or just hallways, to make sure that it's a great experience for the guests. 
And Lorna was saying that the steering wheel that you have here is very small. She was expecting some giant wooden thing. Uh, she is not the first person to say that. But uh, once we're done with this interview, I'll, I'll put a captain hat on her head and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see how she does when she's, when she's steering. Right. Lorna's got all the, all the ridiculous questions, so why doesn't she just carry on asking you now while it's, no. not, while it's not embarrassing for me to repeat what she's thinking? Well, I'm glad that you're asking those questions, but I mean, I'm quite fascinated how everything is run properly, and it's quite quiet because I was saying to um, Helen earlier that usually at this part of the movie, something disastrous is about to happen when you see this section. Do you know what I mean? The key word there is movie. This is not a movie. This is reality. <laughs> this is reality. <laughs> and and they, the um, uh, Discovery Channel did a, one of the Mighty Ship episodes from this ship about seven, eight years ago. Yeah. And uh, I was not the captain then. I was, that was the time I was working in the office. But Captain Edwardson, who was the master, and he said that they were running around trying to find drama. I said, we don't have drama because <laughs> we take care of everything. We don't have any. Nothing goes wrong. Oh, it goes wrong, we fix it. It's, it's like if your kitchen was a disaster, then you would know that uh, everything was go- going to go to absolute shit and you wouldn't end up with a very good meal. In South Africa, I'd bring my help for Gareth. <laughs> That's probably about right. So how much of this is now electronic? Because I would imagine that, you know, even running a ship like this would have changed enormously over the period of, of time that you've been sailing. Yes, it has and it hasn't. I mean, today are uh, the, the things that we have to help ourselves with uh, have, you know, it's all based on GPS and electronics. Uh, the basic concept is still the same, though. You, you get the information from various sources, you put it into your head, and you make decisions. I mean, the, the ship runs itself um, pretty much, but you have to... Stairs, the autopilot stays, of course, until two things happen. Either you change it or you hit something, and you prefer to change it. So uh, you have to monitor and keep an eye on, on everything that's going on um, uh, up here and, and, and look out the window. I mean, we have all these screens to give us all this information, but still looking out the window with a proper lookout is still very important because there are things... I, I like to tell the young guys that come from the simulators on the school, I said, these screens... They tell you what just happened. Mm. But if you look out the window, you see what's happening. And there might just be a second or so there, but if you have a lot of fishing boats and you see the the radar, the vectors on the anti-collision systems, they take in information that is several seconds and maybe minutes to process. Mm. But if you look out the window, you can see and you see the boats, you can see exactly what they're doing. So that's an important factor, never to, to underestimate. And also, God forbid, um, if we have somebody in distress, somebody laying in the water, uh, they don't show up on any radar. Yeah. Uh, and I have had that happen. I have, I have discovered a person in the water that we saved the life of just because I looked out the window many, many years ago. How, how regularly does that kind of thing happen? I would imagine the major dangers then are these little vessels and perhaps people and, and uh, things that aren't picked up by the radar. Are there other major things that you have to be on the lookout for all the time? Well, you need to make sure that you are on course and that you are in an area where, you know, according to where you want to be, according to the passage plan. Um, and uh, we, we planned our passage. We loaded it into the computer. So we have a, in these days, we have a red line to steer off. This is pretty easy. But you have to make sure that that the, your GPS signals and everything is, is correct, so you have an overlap over what's, if, 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 if the GPS drifts out, which can happen, 
you could certainly be 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 out. So you need to verify, verify, but regular intervals that you you are in the position that you you think you are, and then you have to uh, apply the rules to the road and make sure that uh, you save you uh, you give way to the ships that you're supposed to give way to, and then watch those that are supposed to give you away. And of course, if they don't give you away, you have to make evasive action because and there's not nothing in the rules that exempts you completely. Difficult to take evasive action in a big ship like this. Oh, we we can get away out of get out of trouble really fast if we want to. And turn on a dime. Well, we can. This is uh, I, hard over. It turns around pretty fast. And we have a lot of stability in the ship, so I don't have to worry about her leaning over too much. More dolphins. Wow, they're dolphins. This is very exciting. You get to see everything from up here. Is there any part of your job that you don't like? No, no. I'm very lucky. I have, I have. Um, well, I mean, I'm, I'm also the 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 um, the principal. I mean, the, the, the disciplinary, if, if something gets elevated to my level, the per- crew member might have to go home. And that is the worst part of my job. Because, peop- you know, we have a lot of people, uh, sometimes people make mistakes and sometimes it's not acceptable. And it's uh, the hardest part of my job is to tell somebody that, uh, unfortunately, their person and Crystal Cruz's parts now. And that's, uh, but that's something that I also try to do as best as I possibly can. Just because somebody are not successful over here on our ship, it doesn't mean that they are a bad person. They can't succeed somewhere else. We, uh, life is a learning experience. We just have to learn from our mistakes. And I try to learn from me, and I hope everybody does the same for them. Captain, thank you very much for talking to us. This is fascinating. What an absolutely incredible experience to see the bridge and to see everybody here at work. As you say, peaceful and calm because they know what they're doing but it's probably because the guy at the top knows what he's doing. So it's, uh, we all, we all know what we're doing. I mean, you, you know how to be a radio reporter. I, I, I couldn't do that. Well, I'll talk too much. You do, you do, your announcements are pretty good. <laughs> That's not bad. I worked on it for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. You're doing fine. <laughs> Thank you, Captain. Sure. Thank you so much. Anytime. This is CliffCentral.com.